if I know Billy, big, big Billy Bad Butt's out there in my front yard right now, I'm going to wait for him to leave. Big Billy Bad Butt. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Checking. Everything's bumping. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Michael Hunter, the Hunter Chef. Uh, Jordan, you never... Have you... I follow him. Yeah, but I know he did a bunch of stuff with Mossy Oak. I didn't know if you ever were around him when you were there. Yeah, he came in like right after I left. Gotcha. And, uh, but yeah, I've all, I've been a fan of him for a while. He's a good him. dude. Yeah. And that's like uh, Daniel Hayes texted me right when that podcast came out. He's like, man, that's awesome. I love that guy. Which that's, this is the second time he's come on yeah. the show. But yeah, we had him talking about his cookbook, which it, it actually came in the mail. Like I got it yesterday and was thumbing through it. And there's some stuff, I was looking through that book, and there's some stuff I'm like, all right, I could got enough stuff to take off on that right now. And then he and he said this. He said most of it's, you know, you can follow, but then there's some stuff that's more in-depth. Like some of the stuff he had in that cookbook, like I want to try, but I ain't got everything to try. I mean, it's <laughs> some like, like some trained chef stuff, you know what I mean? But We ain't trained chefs. No, but that's why I got that cookbook. You can get a little creative, you know what I mean? Even, it's amazing what a man can do with a cookbook and a YouTube. Mm. He, can, he can get some stuff done. Yeah. He got something. I mean, like, there was one. I texted him a, a picture last night. It was like, I'm not going to get the name right unless, hang on. Just listen to the sound of it, of what it's called. It's called uh, Braised Duck Breast Over Grits and Barbecue Beans. Okay. Yeah, something like that. I probably got the name. I'm trying to, I can't see the full page, but I'm going to try that one. But uh, anyhow, so today is Monday, October the 12th, uh, and uh, we're going to do, we get. We try to do the little question and answer things. Gotten a touch behind on those when folks send them in. Some of them we like cover whole topics, and then some of them are just stuff we can kind of wouldn't take up a whole episode but mm-hmm. and, and we usually save those to the end when we do that but i'm just going to open up with them is there anything we're supposed to talk about first before we start going i mean there's still pretty much truth about hunting on outdoor channel i yeah. know that's it's um started reruns yeah and uh yeah that's about it, just, just. it those are still um sundays at 10 30 eastern i still like still am getting messaging asking about the time slot change yeah so i guess there's still people catching on to that which i get it i mean we were at 9 30 eastern 8 30 central for forever yeah it was that way for as long as i can remember yeah so now it is it's we're still on sunday nights it's just an hour back instead of 9 30 eastern it's 10 30 eastern yeah and then we're on tuesday nights and saturday mornings and, and all that as well so there's plenty of us out there also have gotten a bunch of messaging ask, asking why there's not any more new episodes on youtube and that's because that run is over yep you gotta wait till the next run comes out yeah so we, we will do that again but it'll be all the all the new episodes that we had for youtube are currently out right now so if you were you know catching new episodes every week i'm sorry you know we've hit the end of the season you're gonna have to wait a little while but if you haven't checked them out at all yet then there's a whole new list of new ones that you can go if you go to youtube type in primos hunting uh will be the first channel that pops up you can go to the playlist it'll be primos truth about hunting season 19 i think i think so <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> even if you go to playlist that'll be like the most currently 
updated one yeah you know that and the video podcast ones because oh we have it when we do we don't always do video podcast here but when we do guests like um michael hunter and macy barber when i'm doing zooms um i just use that video and just convert use the whole video and put that on youtube as well so if you haven't checked that out yet definitely worth doing but i think that's all we have to touch on on that so now we can get into these questions this is a common one we may have talked about this before but someone asked um they said we're, they're not trying to do they're not trying to start a youtube channel or, or anything like that they're just him and some of their buddies they're wanting to film some of their hunts right just for their own kicks and giggles which i understand i did that growing up so did you yeah that's awesome uh content to show at the deer camp on friday night or whatever ain't no doubt um and so they said what is a good beginner camera that will not break my bank account oh man that's me and you get so many questions about camera stuff and i feel like a dummy a lot of times (laughs) because i I am like i've met there's two different kinds of camera people in the outdoor industry there's people that love the whole camera aspect and learning new cameras and new techniques and all this uh stuff about you know all the model numbers and whatnot then there's me and you who just you give us a camera and we'll figure out how to run it and we'll go film hunts you know dude it was like (laughs) i finally like i told myself one time i can't remember where it was but and this is i mean this is just on like steel cameras it took me forever before you know we have that we have that canon 5d and we have that 70 70 to 200 lens yeah and i can say that now because so many people kept asking because i mean that takes a really good picture right right so everyone would always ask what kind of lens do you have on that and i'd be like i don't know a big one a big one big white one the big lens i can zoom in really far you know i mean (laughs) and so find something someone i'd hear someone say 70 to 200 and i didn't know what that meant and finally ben who uh formerly worked with us finally told me he's like that's a 70 to 200 lens i was like oh well now i know <laughs> yeah that stands for 70 millimeter to 200 millimeter mm-hmm. i think <laughs> maybe i don't know but uh yeah but, but i i know exact because we all know those guys like that and there's it's not like one's right one is right and one is wrong but yeah i mean like far as just like filming hunts on the weekends or whatever with your buddies i mean them little handy cams we have you can't beat them i'm trying to no uh, pull up on my phone what it's called i don't know exact model number on them but i know if you google a sony handycam with uh what's what's that steady shot or whatever in it yeah and it'll probably pull up or like 800 bucks here it is i got it because i sent it to uh, gary asked, actually asked me about it like a few weeks back and so i found it it's called a uh is a sony fdr ax 43 shoots in 4k and it had like you said it has the built-in steady shot yeah and that sort of thing which that thing's pretty neat because it's got a gimbal built into the camera so it's uh pretty steady you know free when you're hand holding it and that kind of stuff we use it a lot it's incredibly user friendly and right now like i said talking about ones that won't break the bank uh it's on b and h photo for 748 dollars yeah that's cheaper than when we got it the only thing that uh i don't like about it is i haven't found a way to hook a remote to it as far as like a verizon and uh if a guy's filming himself or uh you know a buddy's filming and whatever that's pretty crucial you want to have that remote handy at your fingertip to be able to zoom in zoom out and hit record you know yeah 
Another thing I like about that one, and I'm sure it's not the only Handycam that has these features, but the, you know, especially if you're self-filming and especially if you're just doing it for, like you said, deer camp watching, then uh, the auto settings on that work pretty well. Yeah, they're pretty accurate. So like Only if you problem I've had with it when you're running like auto exposure sometimes it's a little hot. Yeah, I, and the, hot meaning bright. Yeah, usually auto exp- the with the dial on it I leave the I have it set to where I can dial the exposure. That's the only one I, I won't leave on because you really on that camera you can't run everything manual all the time. But or I mean you can. It would just kind of eliminate the whole purpose of having that handy cam which is for like free fly on the go kind of stuff. Yeah but to your point of air zoom would help a lot in helping that but yeah um jordan is very accurate as far as camera questions go we can probably direct you as far as like the, <laughs> i can get you pointed in the right yeah. direction i can't finish it though like, like those, <laughs> those guys that we're talking about like they're they're cooking uh five course dinners jordan and i on cameras we're meat and potatoes yeah that's okay you know um next question so someone was watching a youtube episode one of the ones where we had a lot of the planting going on and it had to have been it couldn't been the most current one because the current one i think we were actually using a tractor and a dolly for most of it but they were asking about seeding off of a atv or a ranger yeah and i said well the way we did that was fairly comical because it involved like ratchet straps yeah i mean we've uh i mean we plant our brassicas off rangers every year you know mm-hmm. that may have been what they saw but uh what's the question about how to do it or how to do it and then if they had any if we had any um recommendations as far as like like feeders or or not feeders cedars cedars for hooking up to an atv or a ranger or whatever because you know a lot of these guys especially the like that message if i remember correctly came from like a young guy yeah and a lot of guys i mean like i know heck before this job i didn't have any access to big tractors and seed dollies we were either doing you know the old what is the thing you know you sling it over your shoulder and you hand, uh, you know, hand, hand sew it or, or hooking it up to a a four-wheeler but um yeah i mean there's a there's several different options out there for a little battery powered cedars you mount onto an atv uh i think moultrie's probably one of the most accessible one yeah i can't remember if that is that the ones that i can't remember if that's what we were using the or one not. we had ratchet strapped all in front of the buggy i think it was a moultrie brand cedar gotcha and uh we bought one last year upgraded that goes into the the hitch mount of a ranger or a four-wheeler and uh i really liked it i think it was a uh, film filmco or started with a f i don't but like like there's several <laughs> options out there mm-hmm. and they're not like i said the, the one we were using where we had it ratchet strapped to the front that is not how it was supposed to go i don't think but we made it work <laughs> we lost some nuts and bolts <laughs> yeah i mean it worked <laughs> yeah i mean the the key to you know planting those smaller seeds like that or planting any kind of seed is just getting it even you know you don't want to dump a pile out two feet and you have a bare spot another four foot from there and this is something um that we definitely is worth touching on i feel like we touched on it before but with these kind of questions and it being this time of year which a lot of folks have planted by now but still except for us except for us <laughs> we'll talk about that later but um i know since those shows came out and especially like the rocker episode and they're seeing these videos of the deer eating in these 
brassicas and they're everyone that's what everyone asks about like mm-hmm. what are those what are those and then you sell them the brassicas they're in the fall mix or you can buy the brassica mix um and i'm sure you get these too i get stories every year like man i filled my cedar up and i opened the gate and got to driving and i drove like 50 yards and it was empty <laughs> yeah i mean the brassica I mean, if you're putting out any type of small seed like that, you're looking at like six pounds an acre or something like that. So there's very little because those seeds, I mean, you got to think, you know, the brassica, the turnips or whatever, that's the same as a mustard seed. You know, they're pretty much the same size. They're little bitty seeds. So uh, a little bit goes a long way. And that's uh, one of the reasons we had that cedar on the front of that buggy so we could see it. Yeah. Like, you, I, I, I'm a more of a seed, touch, feel type of guy rather than pouring six pounds in there and guessing that it goes the right way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I know a lot of guys, I think the mistake comes in where they've just been, like, they've been planting wheat or whatever, and they've gotten in such a rhythm or, like, I pour the seed in, I get back in, I pull the gate open this far. Yeah. A lot of them have settings. Yeah. Like, the gates that, like, they have, you know, one, two, three, four, something Man, like that. It's a big difference on rate-wise as far as pounds per acre, brassicas versus wheat. I mean, you're talking about 100-plus pounds an acre of wheat. Yeah. You're talking about six or eight pounds of brassicas. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> That's a big difference. So what, what we did, I think, I mean, it's, and it seems obvious, but it, it's going to help save your seed if you're planting is if i was switching over and i'm planting the brassicas the tiny seed i would set that gate as small as i can possibly open it at first yeah and you may have to go over the plot six times to get it covered but at the same time you're not wasting seed Mm -mm. Mm -mm. i mean that's like us when the first year we really started doing the brassica stuff right you know far as like the way we started doing it that worked i mean we'd go over these plots two or three times in the ranger to get them covered yeah you know but you're not wasting seed i had a a buddy of mine called me last week and he was like man i did it i was like you did what he's like it was it was late i was trying to finish up planting i was on my last food plot of the day i filled it up with brassicas i made one lane down that food plot and i heard that spinner go you know you can tell when it's (laughs) not throwing seed anymore and he was like "Uh uh-oh yeah he's like i just wasn't paying attention i opened the gate too far open i said well that one lane of your food plot is going to have a lot of brass <laughs> that but you know at the same time they're not going to get as big no because uh-uh. uh, yeah, it's not the, what you want to do planting brassicas is a, is an art it really is you've got to f- do it a couple times and figure out exactly how to do it as far as your rate wise and how you know how far you want the seeds spread apart because if you plant them too thick they don't get very big they smother each other out yeah if you plant them too far apart they get humongous and the deer don't touch them mm. <laughs> it's a fine line yeah and it's um and like and we got to talk about this too because believe it or not like i said I know, there's no question about it we're behind but just going off of the messages that i've seen there are some other people that are behind too not as many but maybe if some of these folks are listening we can save them some heartache um common questions relating to brassicas well we'll, we'll stay on brassicas for now um they plant them they plant the wheat they plant the brassicas or they just plant the fall mix and then they drag it like they would everything else yeah and then that then they wonder why the brassicas didn't come up like they were supposed to planting depth mm-hmm. you don't want them over a quarter inch deep in the dirt uh, what we've always done this is what we do every year now we figured out what works and it has paid off and uh what we do is we plant our fall mix or you know it's got weed oats it's got some brassicas and all kinds of other stuff in it but uh we'll plant it first cover it with a drag or a do-all lightly 
like i want that seed no more than a half inch deep mm -hmm. and uh after we cover it come back over top of it with brassica seed and just cover it and don't do anything to it just let it sit on top yeah if you've got a good seed bed it's coming yeah and that like I said, that's what i told everyone like you don't cover it at all i'm like that's not mm -mm. i mean it hadn't been we you can if you got like a, a three-point hitch drag that you can adjust where it's just barely touching the ground yeah i mean you can do that but it's a, a step that doesn't need to be taken in my opinion well that's what we're i mean like i don't know why you would risk doing that because if you do if, if i mean it's so easy to push it too deep and then it's not going to work and then we're overseeding it nebraska's overseeing it not dragging it at all and they're growing great yeah i mean you get a good rain it, it gets that stuff perfect yeah so there's that one and then this question all the time i've got an area that i've gotten you know it's big opened up big enough for a food plot lots of times when i get these questions they're not areas that they've opened up themselves yeah maybe it was opened up in the past and you know there's not trees there or anything but they, they found this spot they wanted a food plot there they're like but the, the problem is is there's a lot of trees there and there's a whole lot of canopy cover it's really not getting much sunlight yeah like do you think the the stuff's gonna grow i'm like depends on how much sun it gets sun makes stuff grow yeah. you know it's just like you uh you could pour brassica seeds out in my carport out there and water them every day they're not gonna come up mm -mm. <laughs> well it's it's like think about it this way you know how um you'll go into like a big like a big hardwoods hardwood forest that hadn't been cut canopy cover you go in there and the forest floor i mean it's open you can see, you see forever 400 yards you know why because the sun ain't hitting the ground nothing's growing in nothing's there. growing in the, they're not there's nothing on the ground but dead leaves or or and that maybe and you'll find a few spots where you find a little stuff growing here and there is where sunlight's just barely peeking through and stuff yep. will grow there but if you're not getting a lot of sunlight it's not going to grow to its max yeah, potential I, it's just I mean, not i want at least six hours a yep. sign on the spot and if they tell you that they have some kind of seed that's going to grow regardless whether it has sunlight or not they are lying to you <laughs> oh ryegrass will <laughs> they're well yeah but they're, they're, like, they're telling you a story at the same time you don't i mean a lot of people there's there's a ton of people that know this but then again there's people that don't you know ryegrass grows good you can put it out anywhere you can plant it on cement and it'll come on up you know yeah or it'll try to but at the same time, it doesn't do anything nutritional-wise for your deer. That's, no. It's kind of their last resort to come to. Yeah. If they're eating ryegrass, then there's not much food quality on that place. Yep. And it's because it's, a, you know, uh, grass, which I'm not a – don't get don't unquote me or d whatever on this because <laughs> I'm not a deer scientist. Uh, as far as what I understand, deer can't digest grass very good. Hmm. they can't eat like bahia grass and that stuff well they can but they don't digest it or don't get nutrients out of it right so it's not going to be as preferred so cereal grains uh brassicas which are in the cabbage family i mean they can digest all that stuff because it's a you know they're they're foragers they're not grazers right and that's uh that's something they can digest hmm. and does good for them i mean they could they'll eat ryegrass don't get me wrong we all grew up hunting ryegrass patches every year that's what we plant and, uh, is ryegrass but i mean you give them something they want they prefer they're gonna go to that yeah i still remember it was like the first year you were working at primo's we went to giles island one weekend yeah and me and you were riding around with jimmy riley and we had that new it's before takeout had come out but we were working on it we were riding around with you and he goes 
what's in this new seed blend y'all got coming out and i just kind of looked at it was it like some kind of top secret i was like oh it's ryegrass ryegrass is for the that's for the golf course (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but um yeah you know like like we talked about we we have not planted yet anything ain't planted nothing we're going to eventually maybe before <laughs> I mean, the end of october and we got the 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 new camp have not planted anything we got like brad's got a couple leases he uh yeah, has got planted and we got the zoo over here true we've got planted true so, uh, we just got to plant the home base but we're, yeah we're our, getting there the the <laughs> new the new place that we've hinted at and alluded to um we spent some time on and we've done some prep work on but it has not been planted yet i don't know how many hours we spent last week disking and bush hogging and a lot a lot probably 50 60 a lot of hours it's uh, gonna be good it's just i mean with the new place i mean you gotta think about it we were at cottonmouth for six full seasons mm -hmm. and so we just had that place down to such a system really yeah I, i mean and so everyone kind of knew right where everything was what to do everything and so it, it wasn't really a there wasn't a question of what to do where and when to do it we just all kind of knew whereas this place is new and just hadn't hadn't been able to do it yet but unless plans something else changes i know brad and me and you at least are supposed to be down there middle of this week yeah I'm, so i mean we got rain from the hurricane delta this weekend so it's a little wet right now but as soon as it dries out which the sun's out today thank the good lord yeah and uh probably two more days we'll get on the do all and start slicking all them plots up getting ready to throw some seed on them mm-hmm. which i think will be i mean the sooner it happens the because you know how it, you, we mean, should be done by a week from wednesday yeah yeah if, I don't think there's we, any more rain in the forecast. If we get after it and nothing breaks. Mm-hmm. Find some wood to knock on. <laughs> if you're farming, it don't matter if you're farming for deer, for corn crops, whatever, something's always going to break. Mm-hmm. And this do-all we got, we pulled out of the bushes the other day. So. It works, though, or it looks like it does. <laughs> it looks like we ain't tried it yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, true. It looks like it works. Um, the most interesting thing and i know we haven't i'm trying i was trying to think the last time we talked but the last podcast i had with you was two weeks ago when we were talking about elk so we hadn't talked to any deer yet no we've been it's i mean 2020 has been a strange year strange ain't the word normally i mean we are you know into the system you know where we every day we're hunting every evening and some mornings and mostly you know five days a week we're hunting at least five days and i spent one afternoon in a tree this year i ain't been one and it was just to go see what was going on at the place yeah just to look yeah and like it's such a weird year yeah i I think um i don't know it's like a it's like even just everything feels unorthodox (laughs) like you know what i mean like like here lately like i just like it just doesn't feel it's not like i don't know i mean like there's some people that their 2020 has been way worse than mine and it's not like bad but it's just it's like something just feels just the slightest bit off there's so much going on in the world right now you know you know but you know what i mean though it's like it's not like it's not like on a like on a standard day where nothing goes wrong it's not like it's bad but you're just like still nothing it just doesn't feel quite normal it's kind of out of the groove yeah that's i mean that's the way i feel like like today i'm i mean we're at my house 
yep. doing this podcast because I had to babysit Brinley day, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it's October whatever, and we're at my house. <laughs> Today's October twelve. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. Weird. But I don't really know. We're finna get in the groove of things. I'm yeah. Like, oh, it's just you gotta get up and go get all the stuff done to make it happen so you can go hunt. Yeah. A lot, um, a lot of people can relate to that, you know. Yeah. And the thing with us, you know, we're it's not. Don't get me wrong. This is the best thing ever. We get to go elk hunting every year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're preparing a place to deer hunt, you have to take those two weeks and that place and that's at the time of year that you're supposed to be breaking dirt and throwing seed in the ground you know yeah and uh it's something we ran into every year you know from uh but just because we're gone i can think of that was it two or three years ago that me and you were up at cottonmouth and then we like tried to get everything planted that we could and then we like were went home and then we left for elk elk season the next the next day yeah I mean, it's just one of those things with what we do with our job and, you know, getting to go out there and experience the Western country. We get It gets us put behind if we don't get it done before. Yeah. So, I mean, it, like I said, we're a little bit behind right now. No lying or hiding about that, but we'll, we'll get it. Yeah. And we'll wade through whatever's left of this crazy, there's, insane year. There's better days ahead. Yeah. i tell you the most interesting thing that I've seen so far, and I know to some people listening to this, it's not going to come as any surprise because they know – but i have never hunted on a place that had kudzu on it yeah and i know i've talked to you about this and i know i've talked about some on instagram but we have not talked about it on here um i was running cameras and uh there's a little spot where the road runs through and there's you know the the trees it's, it's like a little opening right there it's about as big as a food plot honestly and just in that one little spot there's kudzu everywhere and i'd been coming through there checking cameras and like i said it, it wasn't abnormal for me to see that spot and i'd been through there probably two or three days prior but i came through there on this day and like it made me lock the brakes up on the ranger yeah and i was like oh my gosh and then and i had heard you know that deer would eat kudzu that they would key in on it but it was so eaten down i was like did deer do all of this like what in the world <laughs> so kudzu was brought here from japan or i think japan mm. for ero- i know it's not native for erosion erosion control. control yeah it does not do a very good job at erosion control by the way but it's got such a high protein level like it is comparable like it's higher protein levels than soybeans yeah the what i read because i did is after i saw that i went and looked up on it i read everything from 15 percent to 18 percent some even said 20 percent yeah and see a, a deer from what i've been told i can only digest up to 18 percent protein so that's perfect for them you know yeah i mean it doesn't get any better as far as deer food yeah and, uh, very high p- compatible compatible what is compatible palatable 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 <laughs> i couldn't tell what word you're looking for we found it though um but yeah and so i'd never seen that and so i took some pictures i sent it sent a picture to brad sent it to you sent it to um some friends of ours that hunt and was like look at this and one of the guys you know that me and you know that hunt have hunted around kudzu before they were like i told you yeah 
and uh so i put a camera up on it haven't checked it yet just because i kind of wanted to get it in there and leave it alone you know see what was happening um but i would what my thinking is just to try to see which i honestly like i said the fact that we're not hunting yet i've been itching to just try to hunt somewhere around right in there just to see what all's coming in there you know mm-hmm. and so i've seen i've picked out two potential trees for different winds um and lord willing that camera will turn up some but also what you got about that which a lot of forages like this um because as soon as you, we, we get our first frost it's gonna be gone. gone but the thing that makes that spot special is that's not the only area on that place that has kudzu on it like that place um the last spots that we that you disc yeah was so that's pretty a kudzu mountain you want to talk about <laughs> sketchy okay <laughs> so we uh, had to go bush hog it and then disc it and so we hadn't been over here like i said behind like i know everyone's gonna be like what are these guys been doing we're behind okay we're not hiding this we're behind and so i drove up there in the ranger jordan was following in the tractor and i literally and this is a hill like a like a like a steep steep big hill it is a mountain it is a mountain for mississippi <laughs> yeah i mean it's big you know i mean and so, probably I mean, 500 foot elevation change and it's steep <laughs> and the kudzu has completely taken the road over and so i pull up there on the ranger and i'm like i don't know where the road is <laughs> so I, I i'm not lying i had my onyx out and i was lining the ranger up the best i could with the onyx because you could still see from the onyx where the road from used the to old be satellite image yeah yeah and so i followed that along and then jordan come behind me clear hey, you did a good job because i was uh <laughs> going down through there with a 100 horsepower tractor mm. where they could go rolling down for 300 yards is kind of sketchy feeling yeah did you i mean i was constantly my head was on a swivel i was turning around looking back at you because I, I was just scared to death gonna turn around and see that tractor tipping but oh! <laughs> uh, i was i had my seat belt on and i was my butt was glued to that seat i'll tell you that so that was but the whole reason we bring that up is that's all all kudzu all i mean kudzu about as far as you can see and right when you got back when you got back towards where the timber started you saw the browse pressure on that kudzu pick up a good bit significantly but it still was not as heavy as it was in that little one little bitty spot because mm-hmm. that's i mean it's just a real constant i mean it's, it's like a food plot of kudzu yeah. essentially you know what i mean yeah it's about the size as you'd plant a bow plot so i i don't know how that's going to turn out i'm eager to pull i'll probably pull that camera pull the card either today or tomorrow just to see hopefully i'm not let down but that place is so i mean it's so accessible it might not be even if i if i pulled the card and there was two does on it i'd still hunt it because you you just don't know yeah you know what i mean uh we have one more question and i veered off of it this is a (laughs) pretty bad about chasing rabbit Uh this is a very common early season deer question that i'm not confident we've talked about on here before but i'm well i'm not 100 percent sure but i would i would bet we've talked about this before and i even made it just a blanket question because i had like four or five guys ask something along these lines and you've heard this before i'm sure some some the question goes something like this hey so i've been running trail cameras i've got this shooter buck or i've got two shooter bucks coming into so-and-so spot yeah but they're only coming in at 2 a.m 
Yeah. They're only coming in at 4 a.m. They're only coming in an hour after dark. What do I do? <laughs> I know what I do. <laughs> yeah, uh, thermal, night vision, and some, no, don't do that. Oh, uh, sit back and wait, man. Just, just wait on them to start acting right. The, I mean, the, especially the cool thing about nowadays, cell cams are so accessible and they're not that expensive like you can you can save up your money and buy one or two for them spots that you know that produce every year and that way you can sit back at your house like we've been doing the last week mm -hmm. like hey you see this eight point showing up here he's he's gonna be ready here in a week or so if he keeps coming in like that and uh man that'd be what i would do i'd, I'd wait wait till that deer's coming in there you know when you can have a chance to kill him because uh i mean it's all gonna change especially in the south it's changing by the day right now but yeah uh you know for the last two weeks up until another week or so those deer are gonna be pretty patternable i mean it's all gonna change come november but you know when they start getting in that cold season start feeling frisky you know yeah. december january it all changes but uh Man, I I I just hang out and wait on it to be right. And I know it, it it's tempting, and especially people blame everything on social media these days. But you know, it's real easy to do when you get on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and you see in pictures already of people killing these bucks. Yeah. But what I would do is I would like like take a step back. A lot of those bucks you get seen early season. Those guys have got them figured out too. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no doubt that's and and there i mean and that happens sometimes yeah. sometimes you catch one slipping early season you see one he's coming in there you know an hour before dark 30 minutes before dark every day well shoot go in there and kill him you yeah, know absolutely. but what i what my, my my point is is like take a step back and kind of see like ask some people or some buddies what's going on around where you're hunting specifically because my guess would be vast majority they're probably you're not seeing a lot of big deer moving right now yeah you're just not um and i know and if you want to go hunt you know like i get it you know if you have you know a standard monday to friday job and you only got weekends to hunt go hunt mm -hmm. but if possible don't go hunt that spot you know if he's yeah. only coming in at dark because even, even if the wind is right and you have the opportunity and he's only coming in there at dark we're well, still leaving some sort of of track that you're there yeah i mean just like like the last week we've been planting out here at the zoo right mm -hmm. and uh watching cameras out there there was all kinds of deer in the daylight before we started doing all that activity yeah and the last four or five days it's been nothing but nocturnal and that is just from going in there on them tractors and we, it's not like we worked late in the afternoon or anything mm -hmm. when when the deer were you know moving but it's just from that little bit of activity in there, they know that, hey, I need to hunker down a little bit longer yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, there, you can never underestimate how much a deer will respond to human pressure. Oh, yeah. And that, and that goes for anything. Like Jordan said, that ain't just hunting. That and goes I, if you're driving through there on a ranger, if you're on a tractor. Just going in there to check that camera. I mean, that's pressure. You Which know? is, and, I, and, you know, we can talk about cell cameras for a minute. I know most people good with them you do hear some that like don't like cell cameras or they think it's lazy look like again just from what i've learned about human pressure and how deer respond to it 
cell cameras can be your absolute best friend because oh, that minimizes absolutely. that app that minimizes the time that you have to go in there and pull that card yeah you know and the, and driving there especially you know if you have an electric buggy that helps as well because you're not making as much racket um or your truck or your truck that's you know somewhat quieter than a than a gas side by side of some sort that's what we're doing now or the past couple times i've been out there if i'm running cameras i'm on that ev just because mm-hmm. it's quieter and uh only during it during the try to only do it during the middle of the day you know you don't want to be driving in there even if you're not planning on hunting you don't want to drive in there to check a camera at six o'clock in the afternoon yeah that's not ideal but that's the that's the early season i mean it's the game all through deer season but especially in the early season if you're you know if you're just you know just set that you're going to hunt pressure is absolute key mm-hmm. so the nocturnal deer question you're not going to make that deer stop being nocturnal the only thing you can do is make him be more nocturnal (laughs) yeah if you don't act right he'll eventually man i mean some of them never come out in the daylight Mm -hmm. you know but i mean eventually at some point if you play your cards right and you wait on him to make a mistake he will slip up yeah most of the time if you've got a place where you could do that on you know now hunting public land that's a whole different ball game yeah yeah obviously that that doesn't really apply there but um i mean i know crap hunting a deer a deer club you know it's got (laughs) 15 20 members in it you know yeah i mean i try to cater this podcast to where something can be applicable to everybody to some degree like because i to your point that was a good point there's not er, not everyone is in a setting where they can wait to hunt a spot yeah especially if they're in a deer club down here I you mean, know we can't either once jimmy gets rolling <laughs> we gotta either get in there and get him or jimmy's gonna run them all <laughs> <laughs> very valid point <laughs> you make a very compelling argument yeah no it's a good point but if you've uh if you've got a place where you can lay low on it do it you know and just wait on that time to get right um yeah that's that's that is the key and we've i can remember it now i know because talking about this it may remember i remember is a couple years ago a guy sent in a question like this and we addressed it directly and a guy ended up killing the deer because i t- I've, I've known guys like what you're talking about they'll have a piece of property and it's a lease with a couple buddies or whatever and they'll have a picture of a buck and they're like man we get pictures of them all year but it never in the daylight doesn't matter what time of year it is yeah when they started doing little things just to take pressure away and the next thing they know they get a picture of them in daylight yeah because those they know that's i mean they (laughs) know they smart they smart about that they smart about knowing how to stay alive and you can't underestimate that i mean if if somebody is out there trying to kill me and i know he ain't gonna be around trying to kill me at night i'm probably just gonna hang out until it's nighttime then i'm gonna come that's what i would do you know you know if i know billy big big billy bad butts out there in my front yard right now i'm gonna wait for him to leave big billy bad butt <laughs> i don't want nothing to do with big billy he seems he seems mean <laughs> that's the way i think about I, I i think as myself if i'm trying to kill a deer i think of myself as a deer and what would i do and you know i'm gonna make my couch real close to the refrigerator <laughs> And the bathroom's real close to the couch. And, you know, well, I, I ain't got to go very far to have everything I need. Well, I don't think the deer have to think about bathrooms that much. They just kind of go wherever. But, well, but everything mean, else applies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do we got on here? 
Oh, yeah. I, I saved this one for last purposefully because Jordan's liable to get up on a soapbox. Oh, um, gosh. I mean, you know what you'll, you'll know what I mean when I start talking about it. Is, uh, and I'm glad someone asked about this or brought this subject up because we are still in, like, the early parts of, of the season. Um, someone was asking me about, you know, a particular deer. They sent me a trail cam picture of a deer. And uh, they were like, how old do you think he is? I mean, that, that's the, that was what they asked first, just how old do you think he is? And um, disclaimer, if, I mean, if y'all send pictures like that in, I'm happy to throw my opinions in there. I will tell you first and foremost, I am no deer biologist, so I'm not going to be always correct. But um, I will try my best. I'll give you my opinion. Um, a deer biologist is not correct looking at a picture all the time. Right, correct. It's Good just point. An educated guess. Yeah, and uh, but on those pictures, if you send them in and the deer's like facing the camera or facing dead away with his head turned at you, you need a good broadside view usually to get some kind of an idea. Yes. Uh, but and why that is is because we study their shoulders, their back, their hips, their face, all of it. Mm -hmm. We study all that, and you can't do that just looking at a rack, looking at you in the camera. Right. Um, and so this guy, I mean, sent a good broad broadside picture in. He said, "How old do you think he is?" I said, well, he looks about three and a half to me. And uh, he said, "He was like, man, I was hoping he was four, you know." And so we, the conversation went a little bit further, and. Uh, and I, it turns out, like, the guy's just hunting his own little place. Yeah. Doesn't have, you know, and I'm like, are you on a management program or, you know, what you know, what's the deal here? And he, pretty much it was just, he had heard that, you know, I mean, you ain't supposed to shoot a deer or a buck unless he's four years old. <laughs> Which, there's nothing wrong with that. No. But I told him, I was like, look, man, that buck is 100% legal to shoot and, you know, if you're trying to manage a place, that's one thing. If you're on a camp where there's, you know, antler restrictions or age restrictions, that's one thing. But if you're hunting your place, don't get me started on antler restrictions. You know, but you know, you see what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, and and I, I told him, I said, man, if he comes out there and you get a shot at him and you're excited, kill him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of that, you know, because guys don't want to be these days if you pop a picture up on social media i don't care if he's 180 inches and four years old someone's gonna go he could have had another year yeah he could he could do you know what he could have been <laughs> if he reached maxed antler potential he could have been huge so i don't know like i said, i could i could get on a, a soapbox on that as well but um to that my opinion and i'll let jordan weigh in his two cents afterwards um if you're hunting your own place especially if you're like what what does t-bone always call him especially if you're just billy joe lunch bucket that's he lunch but something like that it, just regular joe yeah and you've got an 80 and you see a state legal buck and he makes you happy kill him yeah there's all there is to it yeah would you care to weigh in i, I could weigh in a whole bunch on this well weigh in a bunch on it <laughs> so uh oh they're fine so the 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 reason that the whole four and a half five and a half year old game came to town is not a bad thing at all 
don't get me wrong that is where they think or they know that a buck reaches maturity mm-hmm. is what they say like a four and a half year old deer he's mature now does not mean he is peak antler growth mm-hmm. for one something like the when i worked at giles and i've talked to several biologists around the state depending on where it is in the state of mississippi the majority of bucks reach maximum antler growth at six and a half years old okay mm-hmm. that being said if a three and a half year old deer walks out and he's the biggest thing you've ever seen you've been waiting for that deer to walk out your entire life do not feel bad about shooting him if you're i mean if you're in a club that everybody's came to an agreement they want these rules they want these deer to reach maturity that's one thing but yeah. if you're hunting a place that's your you have all the say so on what gets shot there and what doesn't if that deer makes your heart flutter hmm. get him yeah that's why we hunt we hunt to enjoy it not to prove something to somebody else yeah and that's something i think we have gotten we've got to get back to yeah we've got to get back to why we hunt and like i dealt with it last year man i shot a two and a half year old buck by mistake i mean i didn't mean i like if i had to do it again i'd let him walk but yeah i did it yeah and that was one of the one of the hardest things i've ever did was posting that picture on social <laughs> but i just i felt like at the same time you know i made a mistake and shot this deer but let's make something positive out of it yeah and i got nothing but positive feedback from it other than a few people and they don't matter yeah but i mean if a deer makes you happy and he's legal and you're not breaking any laws and if that's the deer you want to take get him yeah. i don't have any problem with that it all goes back to what you're not gonna hear me shame you no if a deer makes you happy get him it all goes back to what what we said before on here you hunt legally you hunt ethically you have fun that's the three stone that's the three whatever that's the those are the if you're in those yeah you're in the realm of that you're good and the whole the, the whole antler restriction stuff in clubs i understand it like to a point like a lot of people are not educated on how to age a deer right at the same point at the same time you know it's not 100 percent accurate looking at a deer on hoof aging him we've all been wrong if anybody ever tells you they've never misjudged a deer by age they're lying to you Ooh, I've done or, it either, a bunch. or either they haven't hunted very much you know and uh the whole antler restriction stuff it protects the majority of younger deer if you've got it done right you know yeah. like here in mississippi like if you put a 21 inch beam on a, a deer more than likely that deer's gonna be four when you shoot him yeah but there's a daggum good chance that he's a superstar three-year-old and if you're if you're trying to grow mature deer on your property you're shooting your younger bigger deer yeah you know i've uh so. I, I, this is an example i don't know if i've ever told it on here but i know i've told it and i won't say who it was or where they were just because i don't want to you know throw anyone under the bus but just i mean this is a picture perfect example of what you're talking about yeah had a buddy of mine he sent me he sent me a snapchat he was in a climbing stand and he sends me a snapchat video and this deer is literally like up under his stand Mm -hmm. like ultra top pin range i mean the deer is like sub 10 yards 
and he looks like a cow deer's huge yeah i mean like you you see the deer and you're like that's an old sucker right Just 100% there 100 mature yeah buck. and his antlers i mean he's a cool buck his antlers like come straight out they didn't like curve back in and he was just this old old brute bodied eight point yeah may not score 100 inches yeah and i i sent him my messaging back i said what are you sending me videos for shoot that thing he said i can't i said what do you mean you can't he said beam has to be 18 inches or i can't shoot him yeah that same season he shoot i can't remember if it was him or it was someone else it was in that same club killed a 10 point that was three and a half years old that had a 20 inch beam he was legal yeah oh yeah and so and that's the whole and and again like i know you're like well didn't you just say shoot a three and a half like yeah i am but like i'm just i'm pointing out the fallacies per se in that antler restriction yeah because like if i saw a deer like that eight point that big one and i was told that i could not shoot him i'd be like what (laughs) yeah i mean in my opinion if you hunt find a place to hunt that makes you happy if you're in a club that has all these crazy rules and you're not happy with it go find another place you know i mean if uh if you if you're in a club that wants to grow mature deer i'm not gonna say big because a five-year-old mature deer may not be big that's just what the good lord gave him yeah and uh i mean go find that place you know it's uh it's all there's so many different options out there for people to find that fits their hunting style yeah and there there's some folks that are in you know like these big nice places and they manage deer and they're killing what anyone could consider to be a big deer every year they manage it that way that's fine too i'm not saying that's bad no i'm just saying it's it's for the for them we got to quit putting our own opinions on hunting and let people do what makes them happy yeah is what we're trying to get across here yeah I, just, I mean, like, you put a bow in my hand and tell me, give me a climber, says, go get after it. I want to shoot any deer that walks by me. I mm-hmm. really do. I no, still, I follow. I, I don't know how many deer I've killed. I've killed a few, but I still get excited of any deer I shoot with a bow. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, it, I think the biggest thing per se, like, we talked about clubs and, and plays, you know, that kind of thing. It, it's just, it's like that's been driven into the mind of the common hunter so much that somewhere along the way you end up with a guy like the guy that i talked to that has this own place no one's hunting it but him yeah and he still thinks that he may be in the wrong if he shoots the wrong deer that's because you know what i mean if he posts a picture of it you know he's liable to like somebody say some negative comment hunter's worst enemy is not PETA; it's the hunters ourselves yeah we cannibalize on our own oh my gosh it's ridiculous i mean like I get fired up about it. Oh, dude, look, it was a... Uh, um, just remember why we hunt. If you don't enjoy going out there and hunting, don't do it. Yeah. If you enjoy it and just want to go and have a good time and get you a deer or two, go do it. If you want to go hunting and kill a five, six-year-old deer every day, I mean, every year, go do it. Well, the, you thing, know? the thing is to me is like, especially when you see either on social media or in person like i've witnessed guys like just giving someone a hard time about shooting a deer that they didn't think they would shoot and the guy that is given the hard time has not hunted the place where the deer got killed won't ever hunt that place has no connection to the place where the deer got killed and i'm like dude who is he is, how is he hurting you like yeah. how are you this upset about this <laughs> like this has not like if you're hunting if your place you don't shoot deer like that that's fine him shooting that deer 100 miles east of here has nothing to do that's going to affect you one of the funniest things i see popping up left and right every year too is he's a cold 
<laughs> and yeah. as a two and a half year old basket rack six point i'm like if he made you happy that's fine you know you you, you did the right thing shooting him but don't just use that as an excuse to shoot something just because you want to put a cold name on it. Yeah. There ain't no such thing as a cold, in my opinion. You either see a cold buck or, and like I said, there are management programs where they list things as cold bucks or management bucks. But I know what you mean. Like, a person will be hunting somewhere that is not under any kind of management program. They're like, we just killed a management deer. And you're like, why is it a management deer? He's <laughs> a year and a half old four point. <laughs> he's a little off on one side <laughs> now like i promise you like this place that that we're hunting this year is under d map and we're gonna have what the state uh what the state calls management tags but like i promise you and jordan's the same way like these deer like if i shoot a deer this year that is qualified for us to use one of those management tags on I can honestly say with a clear conscience, I will be just as excited about shooting that deer as one that qualifies as just a a buck, you yeah. know, not a management buck, you know. Well, the reason that those in Mississippi, the one of the biggest reasons DMAP is used is because the deer density is so high, mm-hmm. and you don't have enough people to manage it unless you issue these tags. Mm-hmm. It's like like you know shooting does or whatever. If you've got to kill. 40 50 does on a place you know and two guys are doing it i mean under a legal like a standard state bag law limit, you yeah. can only kill five or six whatever it is whether i can't remember what know. it is and uh you know that's why they issue these tags is so these clubs can manage their place to make the habitat better have more browse for the deer mm-hmm. all that yeah so. oh dmap is a great thing it you know awesome. i'm not yeah i yeah. mean dmap is fantastic i'm i'm not knowing that at all but like somebody may not know what exactly what you're yeah, talking yeah. about yeah yeah no i mean we'll, like i said to this new place just like we talked about dmap at cottonmouth we'll be talking about it on this place too because it is under dmap mm-hmm. and it um and what that stands for is deer management assistance program yeah i'm glad you because when i first saw dmap i was still like in middle school maybe and i was like thought it's meant for some kind of map <laughs> legitimately that's what like we we got to do a club that was under dmap and i was like we pulled in and it was like this club operates under dmap and i, I was like I, I was the same way i was like where's the deer map at yeah i was like what kind of map is it like is this is this aerial photo is this the dmap like uh, deer <laughs> management assistance program look it up there's a lot of states that offer it yeah and it, it, it does they do great work but um i guess just to tie that topic up don't buck shape it don't buck shame anybody you, just, bu- you buck shame me last year though. yeah because it was funny <laughs> i was ashamed and i don't know why i was yeah I, I, that is true in some in some places it's okay like because like i would jordan would shame me about how i choose to drink a bottle of water and i he would i would do the same to him like we i mean but, there, there's difference between that and just giving your buddy crap yeah. you know but bottom line as we end this deal just remember why you hunt Mm-hmm. go out there and have fun with it here's if you go hunting and you don't kill anything that's okay too that's okay yeah i went elk hunting this year i was the i was the only one out of everyone that had tags everyone that had tags i'm the only one that came back with a tag that had i didn't kill elk yeah it was I the only one brad last year went to kansas 
Didn't kill a deer. Yeah. He don't care. He's happy. No, I'm not going to tell you, like, I'm so happy that I didn't kill an elk this year. I would be lying if I said yeah. that. Of course I wanted to kill an elk. You learn to live with it, though. But it's not like a, it's not like you're taking a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's you still got to still got to go elk hunting, still got to experience the mountains, and deer hunting's the same way. <laughs> it, I get the question all the time, where should I go hunting and have the best six, uh, wh- or when I tell them about an outfit or something. It's mm-hmm. like, what's my chances of killing something there? I was like, I don't know. It's free range hunting, you know. If you want a hundred percent kill something, yeah, I guess you need to buy a high fence hunt or something, you know. Yeah, I can't. So, <laughs> but it's just uh, just funny, man. It's, yeah. But we're we're moving in the right direction. I see it every year. People, you know, reminding each other why they're hunting. Yeah. It's, it's moving more and more the right way. Then the way it should be. Yeah. Hunting is hunting is is. It is not a game of inches. It's not a game of inches. It's not a competition. It is, hunting is hunting is cool enough without us trying to add anything to it. Just enjoy it for what it is. Getting to enjoy something the good Lord gave us to manage and steward. Absolutely. Um, that's going to wrap us up for today. We will see you all back next Monday. As always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. And, again, we covered a lot of questions on this episode. If you have any more and I'm sure there will be more, especially since season is in now. Don't hesitate to send them in. You can send them into the Primo's Instagram page, uh, my Instagram page, Jordan's Instagram page. Doesn't matter. Send them wherever you want, and uh, we'll get to them. But that'll be it. We'll see y'all.